Welcome to Digital Marketing for Financial Planners, the podcast where you learn which digital marketing strategies are working best for advisors. We interview financial planners who share what is working or not for their practice. Here is your host, Jake Wagner. Hello, and welcome to Digital Marketing for Financial Planners. This is your host, Jake Wagner, and on this episode of the show, we have Arlene Moss joining us. Arlene, how are you doing today? I am doing really well, Jake. Really glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really glad that you're here as well. It's wonderful to have you. Arlene, if folks don't know who you are already, can you just tell them a little bit about your firm and who it is that you work with? Yes, I can. And some folks, even if they do know me, may not know my latest news, which is that Kimberlite Coaching is now Kimberlite Coaching powered by XY Planning Network. I'm now part of the XY Planning Network team and having a blast coaching their members and helping build out their academy and all kinds of fun stuff over there. Nice. Great. Could you just tell us a little bit more about what this academy stuff is that they're building? We've got a couple different things in the works. Actually, we've got a lot of things in the works, but the front runners right now are the executive business coaching, which is what I I head up. And that's one-on-one coaching with our members. It is exactly what I was doing with Kimberlite. We're just pulling it in under their umbrella so that I have the power of them behind me. That is individualized coaching depending on you know what those clients need what their challenges are and then we also have our xypn academy which is geared towards our launcher folks at this point although that's going to be building out as well so we've got compliance things and we'll have additional marketing courses and that the sky's the limit on where that's going to go and down the road we'll probably have some group coaching opportunities and then beyond that, the Alan and Michael and the gang are kind of just letting me dream my big crazy dreams and, and we'll see about how we get to build some of the larger group and retreat activities and that kind of thing. But that's down the road a little ways. That's wonderful to hear about and congratulations to XY Planning Network for picking you up and having you be a part of everything that they have to offer. Yeah, it's been a really fun transition. Really exciting. Yeah. So maybe could you share just a little bit about how you are working with XY Planning Network members and if you're working with other folks as well? I've got all my folks that were working with me as Kimberlite came with me. That was part of the deal. I got to bring all my gang with me. So that's been nice to not have a lot of client turnover and give them some security because it's a big deal to commit to a coaching relationship. So I didn't want to cut people off. And the way I work with folks, whether they are in or out of of the XY network, is really super, super individualized. It's like I said, it's one-on-one. We start out talking about why did the person reach out for a coach? What do they need? And then that tells me what we're gonna be needing to focus on. Maybe some of the tools we'll pull in. We may be doing some mind mapping. We on occasion do role playing and I pretend to be a client or even, I've even had some where we re-role play their inner conversation they have with themselves and we practice, you know, people will say terrible things to themselves inside their head. And sometimes we reframe those conversations It really just depends on what the person needs. Above all, I bring humor and trust and caring to every single coaching relationship, which sounds very woo-woo, I know. But if you know me, 
you know to ask me to have a serious coaching relationship. I can be serious for a while and I know there are times, but to ask me to be serious all the time would be like asking a frog to fly and none of us wants to see that. <laughs> well, and I also know that, you know, a little bit of tongue in cheek can keep your heart lighter, but at the same time, the content can be really serious and how you're going to, you know, implement it and the rest of it. But that doesn't mean that you need to have a, you know, bad time or feel like that you're be all somber while you're working. It's a, uh, I love having fun while I work. It's been a, you know, part of what I like about my conversations with you. Well, thanks. Yeah, every conversation with me, generally there's laughter. Even even when things are really crappy, we usually figure out a way, a way to laugh through it till we get to the solution. So how long are you usually working with clients? Oh, that's a great question. I have some clients that have been with me since I launched independently about three years ago. And actually some of those first clients that came on when I launched, I had had experience coaching with prior to that as well. So I've got a few that are on there for the long term. And then I've had a couple where they come in for something really specific. Maybe we really focus for just three months or so. But I would say on average, probably a one to two years. That may honestly be anecdotal based on the fact that I've only been going on my own outside of another organization for about three years. So I may have bad data. Maybe in five years, I can talk to you and tell you about the people I've had around for eight. So we'll have to find out. But the reality is it's really cool when people get to a point where they're like, I think I'm good. I think I'm, I feel okay. And I say, yes, you are good. It's all is right with the world. And if six months goes by and you've worked kind of through these things and other bumps come up, then you call me back, you know, call me in a year, whatever. It's, I do like it when people kind of graduate and move along. Yeah, it is nice to feel like you found, you know, to see folks that you were working with be success cases. I know it's something I'm really proud of when I do it as well. So my next question for you is, what kind of, a little bit more detail on the kinds of problems that folks come to you with, and then also just going straight into what kind of results that you make for them. Oh gosh, okay. I feel like I say, oh gosh, to answer to almost every year, so I need to go back to Toastmasters because I'm, I'm saying that entirely too much. I work with folks, like I said, they come to me very, very individualized, but a lot of the times it is a bumps in the road that many, many people face. So often on our very first call, part of the value I bring is to tell them they're not alone, that they are not the first person to have this problem. It may be a capacity issue if they've reached a growth phase where they've outgrown whatever they have in place, whether it's when they're a solo or when they're a small shop. Along the way, we come into growth hurdles. If you're you know, trying to transition to something new, I've had folks that are really trying to transition from bricks and mortar to virtual, or they're just trying to transition into a succession plan. Often people feel alone when they start to have problems. And the very first thing we do is assure them that they're not, you're not alone. Everybody has problems and everybody comes to a coach to, to get solutions. Then we just sit down and talk about what's really the, the big issue and what's our goal. On my very first call with people, I try to ask them, you know, What's the big thing that if you look at this six months from now, a year from now, what do you want to have accomplished? And sometimes that can be really concrete. You know, I need 20 new clients. I need to raise my revenue by raising my fees. Or you know, I need to not be working 70 hour weeks. It can be very, very easy to measure. 
Sometimes it's a little more nebulous. It's I want to be sleeping better at night. I don't want to worry as much. I want to feel more organized. Sometimes it's much more internal. And then what I try to do is get to what are making those those more vague issues. What are the things that are causing that? And are there some measurable goals we can get to that are going to help us tell if we're making progress? Because it's really hard to just say to a person, so are you sleeping better? Because that's just sort of a vague question. But we might say, you know, what is waking you up at two in the morning? What are you waking up and thinking about? And that may be that the revenue stream isn't enough. Ah, okay, then let's talk about why the revenue stream isn't enough and what it would be and how that would help you sleep. So that sounds very kind of vague because there are so many different detailed things people come to me come to me with. But a lot of times they just need some accountability, some sounding board space, a little bit of butt kicking, that kind of thing. Well, it sounds to me more that you don't have a rote process and that you can help people in a, a broad range of ways that depends on the the problems that folks have but it sounds like they can come to you and get some answers which is wonderful yeah that's a good phrase to use that i don't have a rote process because it's true i'm not a program that you sign up for or an online course it's definitely it's much more conversational and relationship based and and really digging into what the causes are and working through and finding problems together, solutions together. I will kind of help folks flesh out their solutions and then let them talk themselves to an answer. I'm also not a person, much like I don't have a course and I don't have the the little silver bullet. I'm also not going to give you a ton of answers. I may, if you're completely off the rails and doing something really stupid, I won't be able to help myself. I will say it. But as a coach, I really try to let you talk yourself to the answer and see, because if my client doesn't have buy-in to their solution, you know, if they haven't decided that this is the solution they're behind, it doesn't matter how much I think it's a great solution. It still won't work because it's got to be theirs. So is there any, do you start out with any sort of pattern or is it just kind of making it up as you go? <laughs> I'm not sure I'm supposed to admit to making it up as I go on a podcast. That sounds very dark. I would say... I'm not sure I can recover from that one, Jake. Um, (laughs) I do tend to start with some of the basics. You know, the very first call, when they're not even a client yet, I try to just keep my mouth shut. And I say try because anybody who knows me knows that that is just a, a vain attempt. But I work really hard at letting them just talk through and why did they call me? Just tell me all about it and just dump it out. You know, I I liken it sometimes to the kitchen drawer. Like just take your junk drawer out and dump it on the kitchen counter and let's sort through it. And that's a lot of what that first call is all about. I have folks that say, yeah, well, I'm calling you about X. And then they go on and they talk for a while. And all of a sudden I hear Y and I hear Z and I hear a couple other little things mixed in there and we circle back. And then I usually just say, okay, here's here's what I'm hearing is really bugging you, but I noticed you mentioned this. Tell me a little more about that. And we just kind of do some, I try to do some really active listening 
you know, really, really pay attention to what they're telling me and echo it back to make sure I'm hearing it correctly. Because every once in a while, this definitely happens. Say, oh, so I hear that you're really concerned about, you know, ABC. And they're like, no, really? No, I told you about it, but no, what's really bugging me is such and such. And I just, I misheard it. Or, or they kind of processed it as they were saying it and realized there was something else. But that's the first call. And that does tend to look pretty similar across the board as far as just the what's going on on the call. And then once they sign on as a client, the first call, it sort of revisits that and sticks a pin in a few things like, okay, here's, you know, this is when I get to the, where do we need to be in six months for you to be pleased and knowing that this was a successful relationship. And I try to get some nitty gritty financial data. You know, what's your revenue? How many clients do you have? Kind of boring stuff. You know, what are your expenses looking like? Nothing major, but some broad strokes, financial stuff, so I can kind of see where they are in their business. And then after that is where the flying by the seat of your pants starts to come into play a little bit. And that's because it, you know, people can come with one problem and then as they talk through it, they find, other things or smaller things that are in the way that we need to get rid of first before the big thing comes in. And it becomes really a balancing act of big picture versus nitty gritty, rock in your shoe kind of stuff. Nice. So I think you did answer all of that question. Did I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, telling me a little bit about, you know, how it is that what the beginning of your process is like and how you're identifying your client's needs. That is one of the questions I had for you next is just if someone's listening to this podcast, how would they know that they should pick up the phone to call you? What are going to be some of the problems they have that you're going to that you'd love to help them with? Oh, wow. They will call me if they are not where they expected to be, is a simple answer. If they're building a business and it's harder or less fun or just not, not what they envisioned, part of that is me saying, yeah, have fun being an entrepreneur. It's not all rainbows and unicorns. But part of it is also let's talk about why it isn't as much fun. You know, maybe you didn't want to work 70 hour weeks, you wanted to work 40, let's talk about how that happened. So that kind of a, a situation. If your revenue where you, everything seems to be working beautifully, you love your clients, you have great processes and everything's just working like a finely tuned machine and yet your revenues aren't paying the bills, well then we need to have a conversation because you're probably not charging enough and we need to see what's going on there. And it isn't as simple as just saying, well, magic, you should double your prices because there's conversations that have to happen when prices go up. So that's another kind of person that might reach out to me. If you are sitting there wondering how you're gonna hire someone, who do you hire, when do you hire, why in the world should you hire and yet you're drowning? That is definitely a person that can reach out to me for some guidance. And folks, oh, here's one I hadn't mentioned before. I've had several of these combos come in where folks are joining forces and they just want to start out on the right foot. And we really focus on communication and building expectations and boundaries. And, and I've had a lot of fun working with clients that are doing that so that they, and it's never, I've never been in like a things are bad and we've got to fix them situation. It's always been in a, hey, things are good and we want them to stay that way 
So we want to talk through some things first. And I love that. It's so fun. Nice. So it sounds like a lot of it are a lot of your clients solopreneurs or small firms or this, uh, you know, merging firm situation. It is. Yeah, I'm definitely on the small end. A firm that has 10 advisors, I'm not your person. There's going to be someone better qualified for that. There's plenty of fish in the sea, so I can definitely acknowledge that. My sweet spot is definitely the solo two to three advisors size. That's what I know that those are the folks I've hung out with all these years and I love them. So I may as well just hang out where we're a fit. So what are some of the challenges that you see coming up time and time again from uh, some of these folks that you're working with? Oh, this sounds so cliched, but imposter syndrome is the worst because it manifests itself in a variety pack of different ways. But everybody, everybody has it at some point or other. It's just some people are a little more they're a little more debilitated by it. It can impact them on their closing ratio. They just can't close a client because they don't even sound confident. They don't sound like they know what they're doing when they definitely do. I mean, I work mostly with CFPs or people that are on the path to CFP. So these are not people that are fly by night financial planners. And man, they can second guess themselves. And it's like chum on the water, you know, people can smell that, they know if you're not confident. And if you're not confident, they're not gonna be confident in you. So that, that can kill your closing ratio. Another way imposter syndrome manifests itself is pricing. Oh my goodness me, that's a whole podcast, is people that don't price enough. And I get it, if you wanna work with people that don't have a ton of money, and if you're working with people that don't have a ton of assets, yay you, but, you still have to charge what you're worth. You're still worth a lot. And there are a lot of conversations about how that can get fixed so that you are, I'm, I'm not being very eloquent here. This is where I tend to get riled up. Anybody who's been on XY webinars with me knows this is when I just start to lose my mind is people that undercharge. So imposter syndrome really, oh, oh, I hate that. I just, I wish I could eradicate it, but I think it is physically impossible to do. You know, we all have our problems with, you know, making sure to have that composure, I guess, is the best way to talk about it. And yeah, folks can definitely tell from a pretty long distance away that you don't have the confidence that you should. But what are some of the other ways that having imposter syndrome can cause a problem for a firm that's just getting out of the gates? Well, if you're just coming out of the gates, it's going to be... Anything from, like I said, the closing ratio or the fees that you charge, it can impact you on how you're meeting with your centers of influence. Even asking for referrals from other fee-only financial advisors. Go ahead and ask them. And don't, you know, if you're not a CFP yet, if you finished the coursework and you're, you know, studying for the exam or you took the exam and you're just waiting for your work experience, that's okay. You're still pretty awesome and you need to go talk to those other financial advisors and get their referrals for people that don't meet their minimums or, or whatever reason it is you're getting referrals. Go ahead and talk to those centers of influence, but it can hit those kind of things. The simplest networking event can be a nightmare for someone who has imposter syndrome. It can also really impact you. This is one I watch over and over again, is folks that 
they feel good about the initial financial plan or the initial, you know, maybe six months to a year engagement. And then they get to that second year or that renewal and they feel like they've done it all. Like I've helped them. I've done, look at all I've done for them this year. Why would they sign on for a second year? And if you're in a subscription model or a retainer model or an AUM is a little easier because it's sort of just stuck over there with all their assets. So it's more, you know, automatically happens that they go on. But if you're retainer or subscription, I've met a lot of people who get nervous about showing that it's worth going on. And I think imposter syndrome can really hit you there. If you aren't willing to sing your praises and show people what you do and every meeting you meet with a client, you should be slipping into that conversation some cool stuff they've accomplished. And oh, by the way, that you helped them accomplish it. And having tools in place, one of my, this, I swear this is like the third time this has come up this week, but you know, mind mapping is a really cool way to start out the conversation with a client and show everything you're going to do and everything they need to get taken care of. But then you can use that month after month and year after year to then show the progress they've made in all these different areas. And I find that if folks have a really nasty case of imposter syndrome, they really struggle at that renewal, that renewal time, that ongoing, creating an ongoing relationship. This is such a classic problem for planners on one level of things you know you have someone come in they need financial help you make them a financial plan and you help them with their financial lives and improve their lives more than just their finances and then year two comes along and it's just a little bit you have to think about it different than you did with year one that how it is that you're going to continue to show your effort and your value year in and year out really starts in year two and goes through it seems like about year five or six where you know you're becoming your relationship with your client is deepening more and more and i really have seen how this happens in the aum world where folks are in engaging with each other and a client is on board for you know decades how is it different with folks who are more in that retention subscription model? It's not quite as as sticky as AUM. AUM is it's over there attached to your your assets, and so I think it's there's a little more pain when you've got to pay every month or you see something hitting your credit card every month than if it's just coming out of your assets. People just don't pay attention. That's part of why um, with AUM, it's easier to see those decades long engagements. That is not to say that it doesn't and can't happen with retainer and subscription. I know plenty of clients who have clients who have clients of theirs that they've had for a long, long time. And part of it is having that expectation and communicating that expectation or assumption, if you will, it's sort of a variation on the presumptive close that of course this relationship is gonna go on forever. Of course you're not gonna leave after a year because who knows what's around the corner, but you want me, you want me with you, you know, when you go around the corner and life happens to you. Um, and that's what is the value of the subscription style, the retainer style pricing, is that you always have your planner in your corner. 
You don't have to decide if you should call them. You don't have to go hunt them down because it's been two years since you had a financial plan and you don't really know if the guy's still around. You know, they're there. They're just always there. So whether you're deciding to buy a house, whether you suddenly have a baby that you hadn't necessarily planned on or that adoption finally comes through that you've been hoping for all kinds of things happen in life that throw financial monkey wrenches into our world and that's what's so awesome about having a retainer style or a subscription style planner and that's okay full disclosure to anybody out there who thinks i'm just waxing poetic i started in this industry with fee only retainer people, that's mainly where I've been. And so I love them. I'm super biased, but it's because I've seen such amazing relationships. So it's really just setting that conversation with your clients that these are the kind of people I like to work with. I like to work with people that want to have a long-term relationship. I plan to be around a long flipping time to, you know, and just setting that knowledge that yes, this is normal. This is what's going to happen. And the weird thing is when people leave, the normal thing is that people stay. So it's, it's conversation and, and setting expectations. Hmm. <laughs> I can't tell you like, hmm, she went on her binge about retainer and didn't answer my question. Or if that's a, hmm, Arlene is so, so pithy. <laughs> No, I'm reflecting on what it is that you have to say and just thinking one of the things that I'm really hearing in this really relates to that 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 thing that I love especially. And that a part of what I'm hearing is that, you know, in that year one, a lot of it is working on that 1.0 work and helping someone with their financial plan, making sure they have an adequate insurance spread, you know, helping them maximize their employee benefits, all that kind of stuff. And, and obviously that continues into year two and later, you know, where there's still going to be moments where, you know, real financial planning needs to happen, the weighing of pros and cons and what's going to give the client the greatest benefit but also every single one of those stories that you just mentioned is much more in that 2.0 category of things where it's about you know helping the person understand the milestone that they're at in their life and how to make sure that that milestone that they're looking to achieve is really going to you know be the best it can possibly be which you know then also does lean into how it is that we're all relating with money together and how are we you know creating reciprocity and is it healthy reciprocity for that 3.0 stuff you're more eloquent than i am but that is you're hitting it spot on i think because i have worked so much with these longer term relationship oriented clients who then their ideal client wants to have a long-term relationship with their financial planner. That's what I see the most. And that's where I see amazing value and crazy, wonderful stories about the success financial planners bring. So I do love those softer side skills. I love to see those in action and I love to help planners figure out how to implement them. So often planners when they're starting out they have a thing in their head they're like there's this you know 3.0 thing there's this george kinder guy i've heard stories about him you know and they come in and they're like ah how do i get it all put together and i i love working with them trying to figure out how do you 
put all those soft side skills together and how do you present that in a way that your clients appreciate that value and stay with you year after year after year? Mm-hmm. And also stories and I've heard from folks where basically the planner, you know, something that a, especially a robo is never going to do is, you know, someone in the family gets hurt, you know, and everyone like when you know, story of a financial planner showing up at the hospital just because they cared about their client and arriving, getting there. And all of a sudden, you know, the whole family was there and saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that you're here. And we have all of these questions for you and we really need your help right now. And I really think that part of what it means to be a professional financial planner, that what you're doing with your clients is helping them through those hard moments. If something like one of the hard situations I've seen is divorce and that basically, I mean, both people were probably your clients at the beginning of it and probably only one of them later. So there's some hard stuff for the planner in this situation too, for sure. But also that just the anguish that happens around something like that and same with the end of life moment as well. The folks being it, making it so that the planner can do the paperwork, meet the legal needs and allow the client to have the emotional reaction that is really their short term immediate priority. And I'm going to make it so that long term, you know, all the ducks are in a row so they don't end up in some situation that they wish they hadn't have ended up in simply because life was too hard and they just couldn't handle it during that hard time. And really being able to hold hands with your client and take them through that this journey of life and help them create a better life for themselves. That is such a great way of illustrating the interesting balance of friendship and professionalism that I think amazing financial planners have. They're, not everyone has mastered it, but many have struck that really good balance of caring so deeply about their clients that they are there they are going to the hospital or you know they are there for both the celebrations and the sad times but then they also have that ability to know where their professional line is and say yeah i'm going to help you so that you can go through this rough time and know that everything's going to be okay or on the flip side you know i'm going to be with you to celebrate because you get to really celebrate this moment knowing that you are financially sound and you and you know we work together as a team to get you here i've heard those stories are are much more fun to hear but they are equally unique when you have a person who's kind of crossed that line i've one friend of mine who stays at a client's house for six weeks during tax season and he does taxes there he's had these folks as clients for I don't know, I want to say 20 years, but I could be wrong. And that's where he goes to do taxes. Yay, technology. And yep. <laughs> and it's wonderful. Another guy just the other day was telling me a story about going, you know, he worked with this gentleman as he was like, I want to have a boat. And they did this like kind of goals visualization thing. And and he was like, I'm going to have a boat and this house and it's going to be great. And, da, 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 da. and he painted this picture. And the planner said, you know, we got there. And now every summer we go down to the lake house. It was like, what? That's awesome. And it's, those are way more fun than showing up at the hospital. But it is still illustrating that boundary of friendship and professionalism that's just so unique to this part of the industry. 
And as well as healthy pride, because the planner, you as the planner, you help make that reality. And so I love when I see my clients succeeding. That just, you know, everything to me and getting to enjoy in the fruits of that. That's just the most special thing as well. And a lot of gratitude for it. And conversely, I've heard some, I heard another boat story recently. I think it was at FPA retreat where we met where someone went through and the family really wanted the boat but couldn't afford it and didn't listen to their planner and got to see some of uh, what happens when you don't listen oh, to your financial planner. I don't like and, that story. Um, yeah, right? it's like you can't pay any of your bills. FBA, <laughs> FBA retreat is supposed to be about wonderful, touching, heartwarming stories. You, That's no fun. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm glad you brought up FBA retreat because I thoroughly enjoyed meeting you there and many other wonderful planners. So a little quick shout out to FBA for FBA retreat because it's a wonderful experience. It is definitely one of the best events in our profession. It's a pleasure to just uh, amazing conversations, the caliber of not just the uh, attendees of the presentations and the uh, just everything that goes into making retreat happen is just extremely special and i'm really glad that we have an opportunity to together and do that work and have those conversations and learn that learn from each other like that because i know how much i learn from everybody and um yeah sometimes that is the bittersweet story but i learn from someone else not having a great experience at least as much as from someone accomplishing their goals that is so true. So true. So we're getting near the end of our time together. And so I wanted you to just share a little bit more about what's going on with XY Planning Network, the coaching program specifically, because I know it's more than just you. <laughs> It is more it is more than just me. There's a team of advisor success folks that work there. Well, there's a big team and then within the big team there's a little team that's the advisor success team. And we really help the members get the resources they need to be successful, whether that's from a marketing perspective, whether that is the coaching slash butt kicking perspective, compliant there's all manner of fun compliance help over there. So we've just got a lot of different ways we can help people depending on what they need. But the benchmark is just, you know, we want our advisors to be successful. And we're there continually trying to think up new programs, new things that we can create and help and use to help them. So what's on the, it's very much an iceberg analogy. You know, you look at the member offerings and, you know, right now, like I said, at this point, um, we're recording this in August of 2017. At this point, we have one-on-one -on -one coaching, and we've got XYPN Academy. Academy is growing all the time, so that we're just gonna keep adding to that storage bin of good stuff. And then we're also gonna start doing group coaching, and we've got a lot of other things. You know, the hidden part of the iceberg is all the stuff where we're like, hey, this would be cool. Just had saw a post the other day about facilitating advisory board meetings for clients. And somebody was saying he's really struggling to find someone to help facilitate his meeting with his advisory board. I was like, wait a minute, we can do that. That's definitely a part of coaching is facilitating things. So that's now in the, hey, this is a cool thing we should do when we scale up. Um, Q. We will be hiring other coaches. It won't be just me forever because there's just not that much of me to go around. So, you know, check it out. No matter when you're listening to this, go, you know, head over to, we created a link, a bit.ly 
XYPN coaching link, all lowercase. So you can head over there and kind of see what's new or anywhere on the XY Planning Network website, really just kind of zoom over there and take a look and see what's going on. And so again, for folks to get right to it, they go to bit.ly slash XYPN coaching, all lowercase for everything, right? That is it. Great. And also, if folks are already XY Planning Network members, I have my FileSync offering, that, my FileSync solution that I share with people, ComConnect FileSync. And you can find that and the discount to that inside the member portal if you're a part of it. And if not, it might be a good reason to consider being a part of the XY Planning Network. Among so many things, yes. It sure is. I really appreciate the brochure that you guys just came out with recently that explains the rather long list of benefits that folks can take advantage of if they're a part of that network. That is indeed a voluminous list. I saw it when it was in the works, and then I saw it when it came out. I just, I think it just didn't hit me how big it would be. <laughs> it is very large it is it must have been quite a it's a lot of hours of work to make it so to make that document and you know just putting it together is one part but also that is an amazing list of people that they've vetted and made sure are uh, quality offerings for folks to take advantage of yes yes it is i'm pretty pretty happy to be part of it so So are there any last things you want to make sure to share with the audience in this episode? Oh, goodness. I would love if you have questions, if you think coaching is right for you, even if it isn't me, you know, reach out, take a look and dig in, you know, talk to a few coaches, talk to advisors who've had a coach and just see if you think that might help you get off the mark and get from where you are and where you're stuck to where the heck you want to be. So with that, folks, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Digital Marketing for Financial Planners. It has been great to have you join me, Arlene. And then, folks, if you're listening to this on Stitcher or the iTunes or other podcast syndicating platform, we would love for you to either visit the website at digitalmarketing4fp.com or find us on Facebook and make sure to like our page and to share our episodes with folks you think will appreciate it. We appreciate you and listening to this show. And we will see you on the next episode of Digital Marketing for Financial Planners.